Welcome back to the Unashamed Truth Podcast with Grant Castleberry. Grant is the president and founder of Unashamed Truth Ministries and the senior pastor of Capital Community Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. We all have people we look up to in life. Our parents, a mentor, a friend, even a hero. Someone that we want to model ourselves after. For the Christian, Regardless of who we have on this earth to look up to, our ultimate example for living is our Lord Jesus Christ. And in today's episode, Grant shares with us how Christ serves for us as an example of what it means to honor God perfectly. Let's listen to Grant as he opens the Word of God for us. I want to begin with a quote from Ian Murray. Ian Murray wrote this. He wrote a book called Heroes, and he says, The Bible no more knows a separate class of heroes than it does of saints. Because of Jesus Christ, every Christian is extraordinary and attains to glory. Yet grace so shines in some, as in the portraits of Hebrews 11, that it lightens the path of many. As A.W. Tozer could write, next to the Holy Scriptures, the greatest aid to the life of faith may be Christian biographies. In other words, what really helps you in the Christian life is being able to look at somebody and follow after somebody's footsteps. Do you have somebody in your life who you look to? Maybe they're three years ahead of you, five years ahead of you, 10 years ahead of you. And at some point in your life, maybe when you were in junior high and you were on the junior high football team or, or the cheerleading squad or, or whatever you were doing, you looked to somebody and you said, man, that, that person, I want to be like that person. I want to follow in their footsteps. Has anybody ever been in that type of place before? Okay. I remember, uh, the, the exception might be Matthew McConaughey. Do you remember a few years ago when he accepted the Academy Award and he said his role model was himself in five years? <laughs> he goes, who do I want to be myself in 10 years? That's who I look up to. Um, but uh, that's, that's not the norm. Most people have an actual role, role model that they look to. And, and you know, for, for, for many, it's your parents. For myself, it's my parents, my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. But uh, I remember distinctly at Texas A&M, there were guys that uh, when I was a Yale leader, I looked up to party, party time, Paul Terrell, Ryan Bishop, Tim Bailey, you know, these guys were three, four years older than myself. And, you know, when you're, when you're a freshman in college, you, you know, they might as well have been 40, but you know, they were just a few years older and, and from, from your vantage point then it's, it seems like they just have larger than life presence and, and personalities and huge shoes to fill. In terms of ministry for me, really, uh, three, three people really have stood out as models for me. Uh, I, I mean, I could actually go on more uh, than these three, but the names of Martin Lloyd-Jones, I'm sure you've heard me mention Martin Lloyd-Jones quite a bit. He died three years before I was born in 1981, so no, no overlap whatsoever. But I read 
Ian Murray's two-volume biography of, of Lloyd-Jones over several years. So I feel like I know him, although I don't. I'm looking forward to meeting him in heaven. But his, his ministry has served as a model for me, as has the ministries of R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur. Never got to meet R.C. Sproul either. I remember I did hear him in person once. I drove down to the Ligonier Conference there at First Baptist Orlando. They hold it at First Baptist Orlando, and I sat up in the balcony, and I still to this day remember the talk that he did on apologetics and defending the existence of God. And really, all my apologetics and, and philosophy is, is, can be attributed to, to R.C. Sproul and, and really just his whole winsome manner of life and, and the way that he carried himself and didn't take himself too seriously. And then, like I said, is the ministry of John MacArthur as well. And John MacArthur, out of these three, is the only one I've gotten the privilege of actually meeting in person. I was called to ministry listening to the preaching of John MacArthur. And I've, I've gotten to meet John twice. And the most recent time was this past March out at the Shepherds Conference. We were there, uh, several of my friends and I, you know, there's like 5,000 pastors at the Shepherds Conference. So, you know, and this is John MacArthur's conference. So you're like, you know, you're, you're not going to meet John MacArthur. You're not going to get any time with John. You know, it's, uh, that's, there's no way, right? And we were standing outside, just a few of my friends, and a guy walks up and, and starts talking to us, and it's John's son, Mark, uh, Mark MacArthur. And uh, Mark turns to us, and he goes, hey, you want to go hang out with Dad? And so we were like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, you want to come eat lunch with dad up in the office? And we were like, sure. So we walked with Mark and he took us up into, into Johnny Mac's study. And we got to, we got to hang out with John MacArthur on, uh, during, during the Shepherds Conference. So I'll never forget that. But anyway, these, I only mention these men because, uh, you know, John MacArthur's in his 80s now and R.C. Sproul and Martin Lloyd-Jones have gone on to be with the Lord but in many ways, their lives go before me, and their footsteps seem impossible to fill. Um, but they serve, nevertheless, as towering giants and models to me in ministry. And even, even then, I know that they're not perfect, far from perfect. They would be the first to tell you those that uh, the best of men are still men at best. But they are models of what I think is successful ministry. Well, that being said, all of those men and any other man or woman that you could put up to follow would, would say the same, that their lives are dwarfed by another life, that all of their lives are insignificant compared to the life of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord walked with the weightiest of steps. Paul says this in Philippians 2.9, he says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That's a remarkable statement about a, someone who is truly man, that is a man, that he is Lord, 
that he is God, that he is to be worshiped, that his name is above every name. I remember at Texas A&M, this was really impressed upon me in, a, in an interesting way. There's this building on campus called Rudder Auditorium, and that's where all the plays are and the choral groups perform, and it seats about 3,000 people. And I would go hide out in Rudder Auditorium so the upperclassmen wouldn't bother me on campus. And I would take my books, and I would go study on the second floor, and right outside the auditorium on the wall, the wall was probably as big as the back wall in here, was a whole timeline of history a whole timeline of history, and I would sit on the benches across from that wall, and I would study, and every so often I would look up at this timeline, and on the timeline, basically right in the middle is, you know, all these people and events are on it, but right in the middle was the cross and the Lord Jesus Christ dividing that timeline between B.C. before Christ and O'Domini in the year of our Lord, everything after Christ. Christ, literally, it's a picture that he dominates history, that all of history is even dated by his life. Jesus said, therefore, that it's his footsteps that we are to follow most. Luke nine twenty three. he says, to everyone, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And really, our lives, as much as we say to to follow us or we look to other Christians, that following of somebody else is only as good as much as that person follows Christ. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He says in, in Philippians, look at me, watch me, imitate me. And he can say that because he's imitating Christ. The only way that somebody can say that to you or you can say that to somebody else is if you are following Christ. Point being is that Christ dominates our lives. He's the ultimate model. He is the the one who is heaviest in our lives. So the question asks, well, why does Jesus deserve to be followed? Why are his steps the weightiest, why is he the one who is to be worshipped and followed and all these things? And the answer goes all the way back to the rule of honor. You remember what the rule of honor is? First Samuel 2.30, he who honors me, I will honor. He who honors me, I will honor. That's the rule of honor. What did Jesus do in his life to deserve to be honored with the highest name. He honored God. He honored God. He honored God in such a way to deserve the highest honor. I want to show you this. If you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 8. And we're just going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures. I'm going to try and keep you, keep you turning to keep you awake. But Jesus is having a confrontation in John 8, verse 48, with the Pharisees, and they basically start fighting dirty. They accuse him of being born from an illegitimate relationship. Look what they say. This is John 8, 48. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan? In other words, you're a half-breed and have a demon? 
And look at Jesus' answer. I find this answer one of the most profound verses, I think, in the New Testament. Jesus tells them, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. That one phrase, I honor my Father, is such a profound statement that with his life, Jesus displayed the weightiness of God. That in everything he did, every second of time, every ounce of his strength, every moment of his day, from his birth to the resurrection to the ascension, he honored the Father and demonstrated the weightiness of God. No one has ever been more God-centered than Jesus. No one has ever glorified God more than Jesus. Jesus perfectly honored the Father. So, if you remember when we studied the life of David, you remember David demonstrates what it means to honor God. And we looked at 1 Samuel 17, which is the, the story of David's confrontation with Goliath. And there were four steps. I don't know if you remember this. Four steps where David demonstrated what it means to honor God. And I'm just going to give them to you very quickly. But one, you remember he was obedient to his father. His father said, take the supplies out to the front line. David was always obedient. David saw God above the realities of the battle. Everybody else, all they did was see Goliath. David saw the reality of God and the promises of God. And that's why he wasn't afraid of Goliath. David persevered through opposition. Remember his brother Eliab was like, why are you here? Why are you on the front lines? You've just come to see you know, people massacred. That's why you're here. You're, you're in it for, uh, to, to, to watch the, the battle. And, and David dismisses his brother and, and says, was it but a word? And then goes on, you know, how can we, how can we fight this guy? And then fourth, David put himself in the stream of God's honor. In other words, he knew that God would vindicate his own name. And he saw that Goliath was cursing the name of God, defying the armies of the living God. So David saw the battle about vindicating the name of God. And he put himself right in the middle of that battle because he wanted to vindicate God's name. That was what his concern was. It wasn't, wasn't about the territory primarily or just the Israelites versus the Philistines. It was about the honor of God. And he put himself in the stream of God's honor. So here's the connection. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the fulfillment of the Davidic promise. Do you remember Matthew makes great pains in the genealogy of Matthew to show the connection between David and Jesus. Jesus is the, the son of David. And what Jesus does is he honors God as his father David did but only in a grander way. Because we all know that David ultimately failed in many ways, number of ways, just like we all do. But Jesus, 
honored God perfectly. Christ is our example. He is our example in words, thoughts, and actions. And as we have seen clearly today, Christ serves as our example of what it means for us as believers to honor God perfectly. Let's follow him and strive to do the same in our own lives. Thank you for joining us today for the Unashamed Truth podcast. Find out more about Unashamed Truth by visiting our website, unashamedtruth.org. We have an exciting new Bible study being published in the days ahead entitled A Vision for Motherhood by Grace Anna Castleberry. For updates and more information about this study, please visit our website, unashamedtruth.org. Also, consider becoming a ministry partner by giving a consistent monthly gift, which ensures that we can continue this outreach in the months ahead. Don't forget to subscribe to the Unashamed Truth podcast so that you will never miss an episode. Until next time, may the glory and truth of God's Word encourage you in your walk with Christ.